Hello and welcome to Break the Mold, where I share inspiring stories and interview people who have shattered ceilings, crushed their goals, are serving and slaying in life, and of course, have broken the mold. Hello everyone, we are back for another episode of Break the Mold, and I am very excited to have Brittany here with me today. Yeah. I had the luxury of rooming with Brittany this past summer at the International United Miss Pageant, where we were thrown together in the universe in the same room, and it ended up being a match made in heaven. And Absolutely. I'm so excited to have her on my show today, and she is the new National United Miss. So welcome, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to talk to you. Uh, all of our conversations at Internationals were like long-lost best friends, so... I, I'm so glad we can put it into a podcast. So tell me a little bit about how the last couple months have been for you. You were crowned in July. So tell mm-hmm. me what you have been doing since your crowning and what you're excited about. Absolutely. So like Ashley said earlier, I'm Brittany Goodman. I am the current National United Miss 2023. And I'm super excited um, to go on this journey. We have already done one trip um, where all 10 of us winners for International United Miss went out to Disney World and had a whirlwind of a photo shoot all day long and then went and experienced Disney. And that was so beautiful to see it through the little girl's eyes. I was only there when I was little. So um, experiencing that now as an adult was still very, very magical. Um, And then I have been traveling the country. We've had state pageants all over the country so far and seeing state winners, their dreams are just starting. They're seeing the IUM experience. Um, It's a joy. It really is. It might be one of my favorite parts about holding this title. I love that. So let's get into a little bit about your pageant journey. How did it start? How did you get into pageantry? What inspired you to get into the pageant world and how did you get started? I kind of fell into it, um, or at least I like to say. I moved down to Georgia my sophomore year of high school and um, I didn't know anyone. I moved to a really, really big school in comparison to my small town Ohio high school I had been going to, graduating class of 900. So it was big. I was a fish out of water. And my pre-calculus teacher was the cheer coach, but she was also directing the high school pageant. It's the South, so they have those there. (laughs) Um, And she encouraged me to try it. You'll make some friends. We don't really have those here in California. You don't? No, we we don't really have uh, high school pageants. They're all city things. So it must be a South thing. Oh, it's definitely a South thing. Ohio didn't have it either. Um, But they take it seriously in the South. the typical um, Southern Bells, you meet a lot of great people. And I was like, I was a fish out of water. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, That was my first pageant interview at 16. And I I think I walked in in like slacks and a blouse, like I was going in for a normal job interview. And if you don't know pageantry out there, that is not quite the attire that you would wear to a pageant interview. But I still really had a great time. Went in there and talked and just talked about me, similar to this, and um, picked out my first ever gown with my mom, had a really special experience there, and went on stage, nervous as life, terrified, um, and also being one of the only curvy girls represented on that stage, it was a little bit scary as well, but uh, I took home fourth that day and instantly caught the pageant bug, and I've been going ever since, trying out different organizations, seeing what's right for me, and really growing with the sport. Um, 
the how I interviewed at 16 and how I speak now are night and day because of the preparation and really the trial by fire that you get to go through with pageantry. I would definitely agree with that. I feel like my story's similar. I caught the bug and just kept going and now I can't stop competing. Uh, I love that you mentioned that you are a curvy queen like myself. And I feel like that's something that really goes along with breaking the mold because as pageantry has evolved, I feel like now we see a ton of curvy queens, but I feel like you have really broken the mold because you are one of the first national title holders as a curvy yep. queen. How does that feel? And what does that make you what does that make the hope look like for the future oh well first it gives me a lot of pride so just starting there i'm really really honored um you are so right when i started in the sport um seven eight years ago now i did not see the demographic and the representation that we see now um i don't think i really knew of a single other curvy girl when i looked around the room every time i competed i was the only one um so Going from that to yes. now, where we're seeing not just my win this year, but there are three other national winners um, across the country and across the different organizations that are representing our community. It is so huge, and it means the world to me to get to represent, especially for International United Miss. Um, that organization has my heart and soul. I just love what they stand for. I love the staff, um, and I've, I've had such amazing experiences both times I've competed with them that I, I'm glad I could break the mold here. But for the future, I don't think it's going to slow down. I don't think this this train is slowing down. Curvy queens like yourself are up and coming. We have more and more entering the industry. And really, representation in pageantry is just getting more diverse. I agree, and I totally love that. I think as pageantry evolves, the look of the queen has evolved as well. And we've really gotten to... It's become something that it doesn't truly matter what your size is. It's, are you the right fit to represent that system for an entire year? And it goes beyond looks and it has so much more to do with your brain. 1000%. Yeah. Um, the general public doesn't realize it, but the scoring and really isn't just about what happens on stage. Usually the biggest percentage of the score is interview. So it's how you talk how you serve your community, what you will bring to the table, not just how well you walk in your heels or what pretty dress you picked out. While those are really, really fun part of pageantry, it's more all-encompassing. You have all right, When we competed at International United Miss, we gave a speech on stage. There's pressure behind that. Public speaking is the number one fear in the, in the world. So doing a speech and then going and turning around and doing five interviews with judges, that's a really, really big pressure. Yes. As you have competed in pageantry, what would you say has been some of the significant challenges that you've faced in your pageant journey and how have you overcome them? Honestly, I think the biggest one, uh, maybe not a challenge, but being a plus size woman comes with a little bit of imposter syndrome in this sport. Um, it's easy to look around and think, oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. But I think as soon as I realized that competing in pageantry is a game against myself and it's a journey against my own anxiety and my own insecurity and my own journey, um, it really started to change for me. So I live by the motto, do it scared. Everything is always a little bit scary, causes a little bit of anxiety, but I'm still going to go you know, full force forward and just do it once and then I'll learn and I'll get better. Um, and that mindset has helped me break through the imposter syndrome because 
you're going to win or you're going to learn, right? So just go through it and see what happens. I think that is one of my biggest, I would say, mantras as well. I, I say it to my kids in the gym. I'm pretty sure I said it to you once, twice, maybe four times <laughs> at internationals. We're going to win or we're going to learn. It's a great motto to go by. Oh, absolutely. What would you say was your favorite memory from internationals? So I've competed at International United Miss twice now. And um, for the audience at home, International United Miss is, in, well, it was in Myrtle Beach. And then this year it was in Orlando, Florida, the two times I've been. Eight days surrounded by women from around the world competing for 10 crowns um, in their respective age divisions. Um, you really just get thrown into a melting pot of beautiful humans and shared experiences in different backgrounds. Um, and it's beautiful, it really is. So I don't know if I would relate my favorite moment to a moment on stage because you can get similar experiences across organizations. But those small moments like we had a PJ party and there's a 360 booth and you'd go around the line and you know, someone you've never met before, like, do you want to get a video together? Do you want to dance together? Like pageantry just opens you up to that. You make instant friends in the moment. Um, and it, it really is beautiful. I mean, Ashley, I think even our story is one of my favorite moments. Four months before the pageant, I randomly posted on the IUM Facebook group of, hey, is anybody looking to cut costs and room together? I'd love to. I'm traveling alone. And we're both adults competing in pageantry, so that usually comes with a very solo experience. Um, and, you know, fate brought us together. And, yeah, our friendship is very beautiful and one of my favorite parts of pageantry now. I think that I would absolutely agree. And that would probably be my favorite memory from nationals was meeting you and all of the crazy, funny videos that we made in our room, <laughs> uh, probably uh, rehearsing the opening number, <laughs> uh, dance. At oh yeah, like 3 a.m. Because yes, yeah, at 3 a.m. So Ashley's a cheer coach, if y'all don't know this, and I am not, I work at a law firm. So I'm not a dancer. I have never claimed to be. And I, I think I love IUM for that because opening number is not judged, thankfully. Because if it is, oh, I would never, ever, ever win. I'm just there for the vibes, for the good times. I have two left feet, but I still try my best. And yeah, I think it was the night before my finale that Ashley and I were up watching this video of the opening number dance. And she's like, just move this foot. You can do it. And I could not do it. So she did end up doing it guys though like she did not mess up on stage it was fabulous it was i would say that my second favorite memory is when it got down to the top two and you were you were standing up there and me and christian were gripping hands so tight and then when they called your name we just went wild absolutely wild i'm pretty sure in the videos you can hear us screaming so incredibly loud and that was probably just really fun to watch watch my bestie win yeah no that was so so special um i i gotta be honest i can't remember the crowd in the moment because it was a lot it was a lot of mental stimuli all at once i couldn't believe i won but yes something extremely special to me now i i adore that video not just because i won but because like I said earlier, I have always had a very solo experience with pageantry. So I went to that competition alone. I didn't know a lot of people unless I had met them competing. Didn't have any family there. They all tuned in from home. Um, but I didn't feel that with that video or with that win. Um, all the girls I met throughout the week 
were cheering and screaming like it was their own win and that made it all the much more special and yeah I think I'm getting a little teary-eyed because it's an amazing moment. One thing that I love about IUM is that I love how inclusive they are and really it's just it there is no mean girl behavior there whatsoever and if you are then you don't belong and you almost you know kind of don't you don't have a great experience because that's not the vibe of the entire pack. Oh no, I think you are absolutely um you know like hindering yourself from having a good time if you go in with that mindset. Um but I do think like a lot of girls in pageantry haven't come to that realization that it's against yourself, right? They're still oh I have to beat this person or I have to be better than her, or whatever it is. And that can be really damaging. It can hold you back. Um, but the directors are great. They set expectations from day one. Um, there's these live calls that they do every week where they not only answer questions, but they set expectations for we do not, um, allow bullying of any kind. We will nip it in the butt right away. Uh, I know you weren't there my first year, but there was uh, a problem in, I think like one of the younger divisions or something. And it was a very one-off conversation. Um, it's a shame that it happened kind of thing. I don't even know the details, but they came into rehearsal of all the divisions and just said, just a reminder, um, any mean girl activity is grounds for disqualification if we hear it directly. So they take it very seriously. And although that might sound a little scary, it honestly is empowering because you're there for the right reasons now. You're furthering your own journey, but you're also meeting beautiful souls from across the world. Like one of the best people I met my first year was from Canada and I, I just adored her story. And then even this year, I've never been to California, but I met you. And if you don't go in it with that mindset that you're going to walk away with friends, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yes, I would totally and 100% agree. Pageantry is a journey that you go on you know, by yourself and for yourself, but it doesn't mean that you can't make friends in the process. And I think that some of my greatest friends have come through pageantry and some of them even being my own head-to-head competitors. So it really doesn't matter. It's truly um, a, it's a foundation of sisterhood, I think. Absolutely. And it's instant. I mean, everybody knows you're only there for a week, right? So the first day you might have a little bit of jitters. You might seem, you know, you're like you're, you're feeling it out, seeing how it's going. But by the second day, everybody is like instant best friends, um, immediately get into the inside jokes. And by the end of the week, you're screaming, crying for whatever one of your friends just won. So it's a really beautiful experience. Let's switch gears and let's dive in a little bit to your platform. And uh, if those of you who don't, who aren't pageant people that are listening, a platform is typically a service project or a passion project that each queen has that they dedicate during their reign or just in the time that they are competing in pageants and long after pageants, truly and honestly, um, it lasts with you for a really long time. So tell us a little bit about your platform and what you're passionate about. Oh, absolutely. I think it um, a term that really resonates with me is a legacy project because it really is like, what do you want your legacy to be? So um, in 2017, I started Strength Over Silence, um, and that platform name is all-encompassing to overcome sexual assault and domestic violence. Um, I had my own experience with both of those at a very young age, and it was only when I had a mentor who encouraged me to start speaking about the experience that I started to come out of my shell. You know, my personality started to come back, and I really took hold of my own story rather than re- letting it run my life. Um 
So now with that, I speak at collegiate seminars with sororities and Greek life chapters um, where I talk about the signs of domestic abuse and sexual assault, the realities. Um, what does it mean if a friend might be going through this and what signs should you be looking for? How can you be a resource to them without encroaching on their lifestyle? Um, and also every time I go onto a, a Greek life chapter, um, what are the resources on their campuses? Because unfortunately, the odds are somebody in that room is experiencing that. So I want to make sure I'm giving tangible, um, you know, resources in the moment. It is also um, blossomed really lovely because, you know, strength over silence. It's about finding the strength to share your story and overcome it. Um, whatever that might be, not necessarily limited to those two things, but your story holds a lot of power. So I also host a live show on Instagram Live where I interview pageant women from across the world about what makes them strong in their stories. And that has been really, really rewarding. Um, and I'm a blogger. So I share resources um, like for the National Suicide Hotline on there. I talk about my experience in a really raw and real way. Um, and also get to have a little bit more fun when I'm talking about you know, the pageant journey or being a plus size woman and resources like that. But I, I get my voice out there as much as I can because you never know who might listen to it, even this podcast 10 years from now um, and be affected by it. Let's go hop back to pageantry a little bit more. So how do you hope that winning a national title will inspire others both inside and outside the pageant community? You know, for me, it was a uh, seven years in the making. Like I had started this journey and I really, really wanted it. I wanted to prove to myself that it was possible, but now it's proving to the world that it's possible. Um, representation is a really, really powerful tool. If you can see yourself in a position like, or somebody that looks like yourself or talks like yourself or goes through a similar experience, if you can see that in a place that you want to be, it's now infinitely more attainable. Your drive is spiked. You know, you, you have the motivation because she did it. I know I can too. And I really, really wanted to be that for, you know, girls that looked like me, but even um, younger girls that might be going through middle school. And as a plus size woman or a plus size girl, um, it is a very unique journey. So seeing that you can thrive because body size doesn't matter in the real world. Um, in, you can thrive even in the most subjective sport like pageantry. I'm, it, it's just a huge deal that I can keep breaking that mold. I think our listeners will understand why you and I get along so much because that would have been my answer as well. <laughs> I think that we are both really passionate about truly showing all of those little girls who used to look like or who look like us and being their voice to let them know, hey, it's okay. It's okay that you don't look like everyone else. It doesn't mean that you're any less than and you can still go after your dreams and achieve those goals despite what you know, society might be saying is the wrong body type. And society is such a dark umbrella, right? Like, do we ever really know what society is saying is the right thing? It's the different experiences we go through that have conditioned us to believe in a certain way or have certain insecurities. So trusting in yourself and battling your own journey, I think, is huge. So, you know, I will go up there on that stage and be the size 20 queen that I am and love um, and Hopefully it inspires one girl to at least try the sport because truly the winning isn't the biggest part. I, you know, I just won my first big title this year and it's been seven years, but pageantry is my obsession and my biggest champion because of the journey along the way. So just try it one time. Fact. Agreed. 
Facts. <laughs> okay, so now that we're trying to in, in, inspire other people to come join us along this journey of pageantry, what would be the advice you would give to aspiring pageant queens? Any tips or tricks that you would give? Ooh, so going back a little bit to what I, I mentioned earlier, my life model is, motto is do it scared. Um, everything in life is a little scary, especially when it's the first time you're doing it. Um, so giving yourself the freedom to be absolutely terrified is very freeing and usually ends up with a better result. So give yourself permission to do it scared, embrace the journey, love yourself anyway, um, but also some more tangible evidence. Ice your feet. Take an ice bucket with you. Um, if you're competing in a pageant, girl, you are going to hurt. Those heels all day long are another beast. So if you can take one thing away from this episode, take an ice bucket, ice your feet. I will say that's probably one of the very great tips that I took away from rooming you. And I do now own an emergency ice bucket that travels with me <laughs> to pageants because of that because our ice bath sessions were probably the only thing that saved my feet during that eight day long marathon. Oh, it was, it's a marathon and you're wearing heels for the majority of each day. So yes. yeah, I, I don't remember who told me that tip, but um, if you go on Amazon, there are these things called travel ice baths and they roll up in your suitcase. They are fabulous. You go down to the ice machine, fill it up, put some water in it. And uh, the first couple of times, it's not the most fun, not going to lie to you, but it makes such a difference the next day. And I don't think I could go without it now. <laughs> Me either. It's definitely great. Okay, we're going to head into what I like to call the quick fire round. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. They're a little bit more fun, a little less pageant based, so we can get to know you a little bit better. So just try and answer them the best that you can. And here we go. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? All right, I don't think I'm going to like this answer like an hour when I think about this more, but my gut reaction is mac and cheese because I love a good like southern gooey mac and cheese. That's the Georgia side in me, I think. Um, but I, I, I might regret it later, right? Like when I think about it and I think about great food out there, <laughs> there's so many great options. But Okay. Uh, is there a movie out there that you can quote word for word? And what is it? Oh, not a movie, but a show. Um, I am a Broadway geek, man. That is uh, one of my lesser known facts out there, but I love me a good Broadway soundtrack. I will put them on in the car. It is like my uh, my solace kind of thing, even if I've heard them a million times. So Moulin Rouge, uh, Hamilton, Wicked, there are a lot of great shows out there that I could probably recite every single line. What is your favorite way to unwind after a busy day? I have a 16-year-old pup named Tinkerbell. She has been with me for all 16 years. I got her when I was eight, you know, hence the name Tinkerbell. And she just loves her walk. She's an old girl, so she likes to sit at home and sunbathe and nap all day. But as soon as I get home, she is the most excited thing in the world and... Um, we go for a walk. We go around the block. I live downtown, so getting to see the city, um, it's really great and great way to unwind. Hot girl walk, but with a dog. If you could visit any fictional world, where would you go? Honestly, probably one of the sitcoms. I love The Big Bang Theory. I love The Office, but I don't know if I'd want to go into The Office because work all the time. So let's go with Big Bang Theory. Um, I'm a nerd at heart. I love, you know, board games are one of the things that 
our, my family really thrives on every time we get together. It's usually a, a marathon of different games and competitive spirit all, all around. So being in that world with all of those really, really fun personalities, you know, from Sheldon to Penny and all of that, that'd be a hoop. I think that I would go to Disney Hogwarts. Oh. No, I'd go to Hogwarts. Oh, okay. I feel like I can go to Disney, but you can only, I think Hogwarts just seems a little bit more magical. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Yeah, uh-huh. Your uh, Disney adult is shaking. The Disney adults are going to get me. Uh, that That is a great answer. I think it definitely trumps the Big Bang Theory, but I'm all I can think of is the funny. I would, you know, I just want to be funny all the time. Have a good time. I feel like you are pretty funny all of the time. <laughs> even at 6 a.m or 4 a.m for those call times oh yeah we had um so we had the same makeup artist throughout internationals and i don't know how but mckenna if you're listening to this i had all the 4 a.m hair times last year and ashley always had the 9 10 a.m's and man was i jealous mm-hmm. <laughs> yep I got to sleep in and you did not. <laughs> no, it's honestly, it's a part of the beast. Um, all the makeup artists and the hair and makeup teams that are at these pageants, they have a lot of girls coming in out of the door. So it is just a luck of the draw. And if anything, uh, I just get a couple more memories because everybody is slap happy at 4 a.m. And it, there's some funny moments. What happens in the makeup room stays in the makeup room. Absolutely. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I'm gonna shade myself just a little bit because I think it's hilarious. But one moment that did happen in the hair and makeup room last year, McKenna, bless her heart, I adore her. Um, I was sick as life at the pageant halfway through the week. I just caught a bug and it spiraled. And I, it was right before interviews. So I'm like, my voice is froggy. I can't really talk. And I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, get it together for the next 20 minutes to get through these interviews. And I go to spray cough syrup, you know, like, the chloroseptic spray and she had just finished my makeup to go in and I completely missed my mouth like <laughs> not a single drop went where it was supposed to be why did you use that makeup as setting spray yeah I really did I used bright red cough syrup as setting spray um but she got me right and it was a really really funny memory so I you know, I have also had to do the walk of shame back to McKenna too. It was at, it wasn't at internationals. It was at a different pageant that she did my makeup at. And Corey had overlined my lips and it was the first time I had overlined lips and I did not like it. I was not used to it. So when I got back to my room, I tried to fix it, but I completely messed it up. And so I had to do the walk of shame back in and they're like, did you touch your face? And I was like, I did. And then they all cheered this year when I let them overline my lips and it was just fine. It was, it was like, I grew up. <laughs> now that entire team, they're just amazing people. And yeah, they'll flame you for it too, but it, if anything, it really but it all makes comes the out of week love. go by. Oh, absolutely. Makes the week go by and you laugh a lot too. They really get, help you get the nerves out before you go. So if they you're do, laughing, you're so. not concerned about what you're about to do. So if you ever go to a pageant and you have the opportunity to use MK, we, yeah. we highly suggest it. We've had a great time. Highly. Both times I've competed at internationals, I have worked with them. And next year I will be doing the absolute same working with that team as I go through my farewell week. Yes, I have competed in four, I guess, large pageants, and three of the four I have used McKenna and her team, and I, I just don't think that I could use anyone else now. I just feel like they're, it's, it's you know, it's love, it's family. 
slowly turning the podcast into an MK commercial. <laughs> yes. Back. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get back on track. Here is the part of the interview where I get to turn it over and I get to let you be in control and I'll be in the hot seat. So feel free to throw everything back my way. Uh-huh. So you competed at IUM last year. What is one moment that sticks out from your experience? Well, all of it. <laughs> I, for the first time ever, and I told this to our directors after I got home, I said, for the first time ever, I went to a pageant with the, I felt, one, I felt like I belonged. And two, it was amazing to be in the room with at a pageant system where I felt like I could win. Because as a plus size woman, even though I have competed in pageants for about five years now, I've never walked into a pageant and felt like I actually could be crowned. And I think that is huge for them and for their system because there are so many systems out there that say they want diversity, but they don't pick queens to back up that mentality. And I feel like IUM truly does back up that mentality and they do not care who the crown is given to. It matters that they are the best representation for that year for that crown, despite what they look like. And that I felt like was life-changing. I absolutely agree. Um, mentioned it a couple of times, but I've competed at IUM twice. Um, the first year I was in a Miss Division with 17 other beautiful ladies from around the world. And I absolutely agree with you. There is this unspoken struggle that you go through as a plus-size woman um, competing in this sport. And I don't know if struggle is the right word for it, but um, an understanding or a shared experience that we all might have might be a little better. Um, when you go to a pageant... I think it's a stigma. Okay, yeah, stigma. That works. Um, but the shared experience of, you know, I know I could get to first runner-up but I just don't know if they'd crown a plus-size girl. I think there are a lot of women out there that have had that thought because pageantry is still a, it's a very subjective sport. It's a very image-based sport for a lot of organizations. Um, I think the industry is shifting now. It's becoming more about service, more about speaking, more about a servant's heart, which is fabulous because it's opening the door for a lot of new people. Um, but there, there's still that shared experience. So when I competed at International United Miss the first year, I didn't have any expectations. I think I actually went through the week saying it was going to be my last and I was going to retire, which is such an odd thing to be saying. I said the same thing. I said, I'm either winning or I'm done. <laughs> I think I had the exact same mindset. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that we use retire as the word in pageantry because, like, I was 22. What am I retiring from, right? I'm just, like, not competing or whatever the word is. But it's a pageant term. Um, and I went through the week with that mindset of I'm just going to go through it because I want to try one last system. And then I'm going to take a break and focus on my career. Um, well, my boy, did they change my mind. Um, it was the same thing. I have never felt so seen so appreciated, so welcome in not just a group of girls, but in an, org in an organization of that size um, that is still pageants. Like, it is still modeling to some degree. It is still image-based in some way. They don't really let it affect their judging, but how you present yourself is a really, really big part of image for IUM, I'd say. Um, 
and experiencing that shift in comparison to the other six years that I've competed where image was the focus, um, it, it changed things for me. So I went through the week and some of those girls are the sweetest women I've ever met in my life that I stood beside our moments backstage, cheering each other on, watching the monitor. Um, it, it was so special. And I, I think I cried some really hard te tears when I was called into the top five last year. So, um, when that happened, I immediately knew, yeah, retirement's not in the cards for me. I'm not going to miss IUM next year for the world. And I came back this year. We met. We had a great time. And I was crowned the National United Miss. And all my dreams came true. Yeah, I would agree. It was fabulous. It was a wonderful week. And it's, it's why you'll see me again. Yeah, yeah. So that was my next question what's next for you so IUM yes you've heard it now I guess I'm officially announcing you will see me back on the national united miss stage this time because the way IUM works is you cannot represent the same title consecutively like other yeah. pageants and so I have passed on my California title at the end of the year and I will take on a new title to represent the west coast to compete on the stage again heard it here first she is your new ms west coast that's me that's so exciting i am so excited for you especially the num is really really special not just because i want it but um it's multiple divisions so that was a new experience for me in comparison to last year when I was just in the Miss division. Um, this year it was teen, Miss, and Ms. So I got to know younger girls and I also got to know the older division um, and really have, um, a, a, I don't know if I'd say a more diverse group, but just different perspectives than I had the year before. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun because you, you're not just seeing one show, now you're seeing three. And then you all meet up at the end of the week for your finale and... That's a lot of fun. So, sounds like we're going to be doing the opening number together. <laughs> Don't worry, I still got your back, even though you're supposed to be teaching us this time. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I asked the directors if we could have the video early for that very purpose. So, I'm going to have to start practicing early. Um, I know the whole group. Like, I watched The Queen last year. That was what I relied on. So... <laughs> I'm going to have to get it together and not be learning it the night before at 3 a.m. It's fine. Even I, I got you. That is one thing that I can make sure that you know is the opening number. <laughs> I will Good say deal. with IUM, the thing I love is that the there are so many different age divisions. And in comparison to other pageants, I feel like there are some pageants who really go for that sexy grown-up woman look and they really want you to to be this idol among the media um, against you know they just want that sexier look and for me mm -hmm. that is not me <laughs> and so i really love that i have found a system where it's more about a sisterhood and how you can be a role model to those younger girls mm -hmm. who are your younger queens that actually, I would say, was probably one of my favorite things throughout the week was meeting my younger queen, Kylie, who represented the Golden State. And we had met each other through mutual pageant people in California, but we never officially met until we stepped on site. And oh my gosh, I loved getting to spend the week with her. And just for me, getting to be that role model 
for other girls is really something that's important to me. So I love that I found an, a system where that is also important. Oh, it is absolutely important. I think um, one of the judges last year actually asked me, like, you know, how do you feel about kids? Um, and at the time, you know, it might seem like an odd uh, interview question for a pageant, but now serving in the role and being on the court of 10 Queens, it's important. Um, when we go to state pageants, you know, those younger girls are looking to us for direction, whether it's backstage during a show or throughout the traveling, throughout the week. Um, when we went to Disney, it there were times where the just the group of girls went off and we would talk. You know, people would see our sash and they'd ask us questions and you'd need to be a role model, not just for the people you're talking to, but also the little girls that are wearing the sash right next to you. So um, I am very, very blessed to have nine little sisters or eight little sisters and one big sister. Um, and oh God, it's been such a journey. It, it is so intense how it can become a family in just three, three months that I've been in this role. But it, it matters. You can get the opportunity to be a role model and really see real change. Love that. Any final questions? Yeah. Um, so I've never been out to California. I said that earlier. But if I were to come visit, where should I go? Ooh, well, first off, you should come to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will take you everywhere you want to go. Uh, if you're coming to Northern California, which is where I am based, I would say that you need to visit Napa and San Francisco, just because San Francisco, of course, is iconic and it has all the scenes that you've seen in a lot of movies. And then if you are going to Southern California, I would say you need to go see the Hollywood sign because it's also iconic. But I would say you need to go to Disneyland since you came to Disney World. But knowing that you're not a huge Disney fan, but you are more of a Universal fan, I would say Universal Studios is also great out here. It has more of the movie sets, which Orlando uh, does not. So that is always really fun. And you can kind of see how stuff is filmed. Um, yeah. And in Napa, there's just great wineries and great restaurants. So it's always a fun trip yeah i'm curious um if listeners uh if you have a chat box or whatever this is i have got to know if universal or disney is better and i hope you pick the right one because ashley and i see a little differently on this debate <laughs> and drop it in the i guess the comment section below are you universal or are you yeah. disney because everyone knows where <laughs> i stand <laughs> mm -hmm. yep Okay, well. Disney adult. So yeah, my wrap up. Um, Wikipedia last year was a great time. My biggest struggle was mindset. Um, and I think, you know, you might have had a similar experience. Um, but how did you overcome mindset or, or what tools did you equip yourself with before heading into the interview room? Before I head into any pageant interview, I always put in my headphones. And in those headphones plays one specific song. And is I want it's I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. And so I sit in the corner and I dance it out all by myself. I also remember try to remember all the things that my wonderful coach Kennedy has taught me throughout the years and <clears throat> the toolbox she's given to me to, you know, go back through that mindset and remember my strengths. And to really just remember at the end of the day, the judges want to meet you and they want to get to know you. And 
they're not out to get you. So it's really just speaking from your heart and letting them get to do just that and get to know you. It 1000% is. Um, and you've got three minutes to show them your heart, show them who you are, use them wisely. Uh, but also it's just a conversation. And I think that's um, one of the biggest turning points when I had that piece of advice given to me. Just go in and talk to them. They're normal humans. They just want to know, you know, hey, who are you? What do you like to do? Would you be a good queen? Those kind of things. Um, but no, you are a fabulous interview interviewer. Um, we are practice questions back and forth that week of were very helpful. Um, it's, at least for me, I hope for you too. <laughs> they were, they, yes, I definitely went in feeling, feeling very prepared that entire week. And I believe it was because of the hours that you and I spent preparing after we were done for the day. So we would go back to our, we would usually get dinner, go back and rest for, you know, 30-ish minutes. And then we would grab our heels, grab our notebooks and go find a hallway and just really practice together. And that made the week way less stressful. I think I agree. And it, it was piecemeal, right? Like yeah. We focused on what the next day was because at IUM, you, you have one competition a day. Um, so we would do our routines, but we'd really be focusing on what is our challenge for tomorrow? What do we want to accomplish tomorrow? And that made a big difference for me too. Um, just, you never want the first time you do something to be when you're being scored for it. So <laughs> practice, practice, practice. And we would go in pajamas and heels and skirts, like over skirts and yeah. capes and just do our thing. We have some really great videos that never hit the internet <laughs> from those times of our outfits in our pajamas and our heels. So Maybe one oh, day yeah. the world will see them, but not anytime soon. <laughs> not anytime soon. No, they'll just stay in my drafts and uh, pop up as the, two years ago, you were doing this. I yes. I about it. Well. Yep. Well, that is all the questions I had for you, but thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This was fun. Yes. I love that I got to have you on the Break the Mold podcast, and I couldn't imagine interviewing anyone else for my third episode, so... Thank you for coming on, and I'm wishing you a great rest of your reign. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now that I know you're coming back, I will see you next year at Internationals. See you there. Podcast sister and uh, letting me torture you with all those questions for a little bit. Thanks for having me, sister. Anytime. I hope today's episode has inspired you. And I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories and interviews with you on the next episode of Break the Mold. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you can be defeated or you can be determined. You've got this. Hi. It's me again. I want to share more stories with you about how other people have broken the mold in their lives with hopes of inspiring you to break the mold that is holding you back in your life. Have you tackled a dream late in life, made a comeback from an unfortunate setback, or made a difference in your own life or community? If you have just answered yes to any of the previous questions, then I would love to feature you on an upcoming episode of Break the Mold. If you would like to find out more about me or be featured on an upcoming episode, you can find me on Instagram 
at Ashbury the Queen.